Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Escape your every day with out-of-this-world action. From the gritty apocalypse of the Walking Dead universe to the cyberpunk realm of The Watch and the criminal underbelly of Gangs of London, AMC Plus is more than entertaining. It's epic. Feel all the chills and thrills with Shudder's halfway to Halloween month. Experience Shudder's biggest month of horror featuring a new season of Creepshow and new movie premieres every week. All available ad-free and on demand. Start your free trial today at amcplus.com. Welcome to the Wolves Bankcast. It's your main man Andy Gillard here. Hope everyone's good out there. Sadly, we're here today to discuss a three-all draw with Brighton and Hove Albion. And with me to discuss this match, I've got Luke Thompson. Hello. I've got Jordan. Hi. And I've got Gully. Hi, guys. So, let's start with the positives. Um, that Portugal kit's fucking gorgeous, isn't it? It is, it is, you're right. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. I'm afraid that's pretty much all we've got good to say, just to be honest. <laughs> um, so, right. I mean, I know we normally start with like looking at the lineup. Um, we've got something of a ongoing injury crisis at the minute. Obviously, we've got no Roll, no Bolly, Donk, Marcel, Johnny, Pedent, all out. Is this lineup? as good as it's going to get. George, what, what were your thoughts when it uh, rolled out an hour before kickoff? I mean, it's probably as good as it's going to get with what we could have put out there. That probably is the strongest 11 of what was available. Um, but the problem is, which I've mentioned time and time again, is I think the recruitment's been fucking abysmal for three, well, for three seasons. At least the last five transfer windows. Um, give it, you know, that first transfer window, you know, we brought Rui... Joe, Raul, I can't, I can't, I can't really moan about that at all. Mm. The five since then have been terrible. Like first teamers that have come in to improve that team, Neto, Pedence more so now, but he was in and out of the team last year. Um, the, you've got to look at it. Nuno wants a small squad, which is fine because we've got away with having no injuries for since he's been in, you know, since he's been in in our position, and. 
have we been a bit unlucky to have all these injuries at the same time? Possibly. But then look at the all the other squads in the Premier League. It's a 25-man squad. And we're playing with, what, 15, 16 people he actually trusts. So when you have an injury crisis, you're mm-hmm. fucked. And I've made the comment pre-pod, and I'll say it again now. But if you look at our subs bench tonight, compare that to the Albion one they were playing right now against Arsenal. Albion's bench is stronger than ours. They've got they've got an you know they've got a couple of internationals on there. We've got eighteen year olds. It's just not for for where we want to be and the ambition that you know Foes has spoken about and what Nuno's spoken about. Simply don't add up to me. I just think it, I think it's poor recruitment and. Yeah, maybe we have been a bit unlucky with the injuries, but it's to our own detriment that we've allowed us to be in, allowed ourselves to be in that position for me. Yeah. So that subs bench, it was John Ruddy, Andreas Sondergaard, Kiana Hoover, Taylor Perry. Oh, it's just gone off my screen. Um, Taylor Perry, Luke Kundal, Lewis Richards, Max Kilman, Otisowi, and Theo Corbino. Is that how we're pronouncing it? Luke Corbino. What do you reckon to that? Well, yeah, okay, you can argue that we have got injuries. Um, I mean, I've not really heard it much about the injuries. Like, what's Bonnie's injury and Lung is out for? They don't tell us, though, they, they, they never no, tell us. Marcel, again, what's his injury and Lung is out for? Okay. He, booked, he booked Daniel Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Raul and Johnny, yeah, we know about them. Ben Donker, what's Ben Donker's injury? How long is he out for? We don't know. Uh, yeah, a, a no, day, a week, a month, no one knows. The way, that Den Donker, the way that Den Donker runs, I reckon it's back trouble, to be honest. Um, <laughs> he's been carrying, carrying the team for six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, should be now. they should be saying, yeah, okay, William Bolly, groin strain, four weeks. Den Donker, I don't know, Achilles, six to eight weeks. Let us know. I'm going to see what's going on. Um, and so, when you do, I mean, what's that? One, two, three, four, five, five, six injuries. That is a substance there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, after that, you are going to be going using the youngsters. Why you pick two goalkeepers? I don't know. Literally makes no sense. Um, but it's, it's not good, is it? It's a weak bench. No, Luke, I'm, I'm, inter- I'm interested to know what this uh, respect you expect from the club is, to be honest. Out uh, of respect, they should be telling us about injuries. Well, I just think, obviously, well, you can't say we pay good money to watch them anymore because it's a, it's a Sky TV and Amazon package now, ain't it? But, um, but surely, keep people up to date with what's going on with the players that you support and you've supported for X amount of years. It would certainly buy the club a little bit of um, breathing room if they at least said to the fans, this player looks like they're going to be out for a bit of time. Then you can respect what's going on. But when you're kept at arm's length, it makes it very difficult because you don't know what's going on. You see the shit that they've been putting out for the majority of the season so far. And if not, let's be honest, we can go back to post-lockdown and say that things haven't been quite right. So it would certainly buy the club a little bit of uh, breathing room if they were to be a little bit more transparent. Um, I've got a few Twitter corner questions, which, to be honest, I'm just going to pepper in throughout the first half because I think that they're quite relevant to what we're discussing. Ash Dolan has asked, if Roll had stayed fit, would this have made any difference? 
beginning to feel like not Gully. Is Raul really the, the missing piece, or is this just uh, one excuse in probably a sea of many? I think I think it would 100%. It would. It's like, I think I mentioned on a pod earlier in the season. It's like if you if you're a, a Sunday league player, you turn up on a Sunday morning and you look around the changing room, you see your best players actually there, or you see he's been puking up all morning or stuff like that. You know, as a as a player, you get confidence from those around you, and I think. Raul is the kind of player who gives you that feeling of, you know what, if I play the ball forward, it ain't coming back at me instantly. Or, you know, he's, he's going to be on the end of one of my crosses or he's going to hold it up for us and let us get into the game a little bit more. Um, he's got that kind of talismanic you know, thing about him where you, can't, you almost can't, you can't buy that really. He's become that kind of importance, important to us. And... To be honest, the media probably play into that as, as much as anyone when they, they mention his name mm. without fail um, every single game, you know, more than three or four times a half, probably. And uh, probably doing Fabio Silva no good whatsoever. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he, he, like I think Jordan mentioned just before the pod, it's that Harry Kane effect, isn't it? Where you're not going to be able to sign someone who's just going to play second fiddle to somebody else. And we're in this situation now where... Yeah, missing Raul Jimenez. And if you took that kind of level of talisman out of any other team in the Premier League, they would suffer as well. Um, but it's just the cards that we've been dealt, I think. I, I'm not going to make excuses for Nuno, I don't think, just because the, the argument you'd have is, OK, if you don't have a plan B striker, at least have someone who could temporarily fill that role. That's not Silva. That has to be... As an example, perfect player probably would have been Diogo Jota. He could have probably jumped in there, can play either side as well. Just someone with a mm. bit of versatility who can offer you an alternative option when you need to fill in. But we didn't really, really replace Jota in that sense. We have different players to Jota now, and they, they can't do that job. But what we needed um, at the beginning of the season, an injury or suspension to Raul. Imagine if you got a straight red card from headbutting somebody, because it can happen. He's missing for three games. You can't have. You can't go three games without a striker. And I know it's hard to get somebody to play second fiddle, but you need to manage your squad to do so. Because it's like, you need a second striker. It's as simple as that because Raul can't play 90 minutes of every game every single week when he's fit. So you do need somebody to come off the bench. You, sometimes you need a different option, like a, a big target man, for example, because during the game, you have to change the way that you approach the attack. So we've known that from the start. I don't. I I would be pissed off if Nuno would use Raul's injury as an excuse because he should have prepared for this better in the summer. And there's a player out there. I'm just going to say one name. It would have been, in my opinion, perfect for that second striker role. Josh King from Bournemouth. We probably could have picked him up for about 15 million quid. He wouldn't have signed for Wolves and expected to be number nine, 90 minutes every week. He would have been happy with his cameo from the bench, filling in when Raul wasn't 100% fit or suspended. But for whatever reason, Nuno decided, or whoever's in charge of recruitment, decided not to go down that route and it fucked us over. Jordan, thoughts? I think they've covered it quite well. I think, I think, like I say, I think the recruitment's been shy, really bad. And I think that Jimenez is a world-class player. You know, we saw it last year with Tottenham when Kane was injured. 
before the lockdown. They went on a horrible run and not winning games. Like, and I am going to put Jimenez in that bracket because he's as important to us as what Kane is to Tottenham. So it is difficult in the fact of he signed someone for second fiddle, but there's a whole host of strikers out there that we could have got. Josh King, brilliant example where mm. obviously now there's rumours of Diego Costa. He's going to want a fuckload of money, but I think I think our, our hands are tied behind our back now. We're going to have to probably get, we're probably going to gamble on him and pay him extortionate wages, but we got him. It needs must. I think there's so many strikers out there like. Another, like, I'll throw another name in there. Someone who's apparently being tatted because they've got a bit of money trouble now. Andrea Bellotti from Torino. Mm. Superb player. There's players out there. We've just got to go and... Uh, it's not football manager. I know we can't just go with a blank checkbook and sign every striker, but you can't tell me there's not options out there to go and improve this squad in January. Because you just, you, you're just telling porkies. Basically. But as well, um, in regards to the striker situation... He's played three matches where he hasn't even played a striker anyway. Yeah. Which is beyond excusable for me. And touching on recruitment, you look at it, we've spent, correct me if I'm wrong, £45 million on right-backs. Why? Why have we spent £45 million on right-backs? Mm. Answers on a pass card. Yeah, it is baffling. But to your point about going with without a striker in two games. The one against Burnley for me, that was fucking criminal. Throwing in Owen Otisewi as a false number nine. It's not his position. He's barely kicked a ball in the Premier League. And to just expect him to do a job against two shithouses like those Burnley defenders, that is fucking unforgivable for me. We say it's not football manager. But Nuno's playing it like it is football manager. And he selected Otisewi as a striker by mistake. I forgot to change his team before we spent those things to match. You know, like, and I think that there's a, you know, there's a lot of criticism online tonight for Nuno. So, you know, some of it justified, some of it maybe a bit harsh. Like I say, for me, I, I've been critical of Nuno since post-lockdown with how negative he's been with some of his selections. There's some things, and I don't care if you're a Nuno in, Nuno out. Personally, for me, I'm still known at Nuno in, but you cannot defend... Stuff like Otisawi playing up front against Burnley. You can't defend going to a back five tonight and fucking chucking the game. You can't defend Watford in this semi-final. I, you can't I've, defend. I've, I think there's 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 a bit more nuance to it though, isn't there? Like the whole idea of the back five tonight. Yeah, whether it whether it was a right decision or a wrong decision, we weren't in that game with the back four. Yeah, when we come when out we for the second it. half, we when we come out for the second half, let's not. Beat around the bush here, and sorry, Andy, for for, for diving too far ahead. No, if, no, if you've got a plan, but we come out for the second half. That penalty, <clears throat> given the concession of the penalty, has absolutely shattered. And every single player on that pitch then thought, "Oh, we've only got a one-goal lead now," and they stopped playing totally mm. and utterly. We could have been in the back four, in the back five, in the back fucking nine. Yeah, that would have meant that the players just drifted into a shell, into their shells, and. Whether and to be honest, what Nuno did with that decision, I think, was just try to stop them. Get they were getting quite close to the goal. We, we, every time we play, we make Neil Moore pay look like a really good striker. I don't think he's that good at all. <laughs> um, but we make they were getting the ball into the strikers. They were creating opportunities around the box, not necessarily chances to score. But he just wanted to get get them probably further away from goal than they were getting. And if you notice, yeah, we went three three. 
But then all of a sudden we started playing again. And what's that? That's not got anything to do with the shape. That we were still playing a five at the back then. At that, at that point, so you know, it's 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 a mentality rather than a formation. I think that is our problem. Mm. Our, our heads I, I, are fucked right now. I think with that being said, when you see your manager going for a back five, instantly that changes your mentality because you're like he's going negative now. He's going defensive. So that will change your mentality. And in regards to mentality, it just shows how negative Nuno is because. A perfect opportunity against Manchester United to change the shape and go four at the back and stick it on him. And he didn't have the bollocks. It's as simple as that. Because he's all right changing the shape today to go more defensive and more negative. But when it comes to going more positive and offensive, he hasn't got the fucking bollocks. And he didn't have the bollocks today, so ride it out in the four two three one. Do you know what, Luke? You know what? I'm going to disagree with you, but I'm going to agree with you as well. Because... I don't think he had the bollocks because I think our forwards against United for the last 20 minutes, they were knackered. Mm. So he hasn't got the leverage to say, okay, we'll put an extra man up there, but the rest of the guys around him, they've got fuck all left anyway. But that still comes down to the point that we haven't been able to rotate our squad because we haven't got the options in the squad. Yeah. And that's down to him ultimately. ultimately At the end of the day, that's down to him as well. Um. What was I, going to say? I forgot what I was going to say now. It must not have been important. <laughs> so, for me, that substitution, I think the problem with that was by taking off an offensive player, it's automatically meaning that we're dropping back a further 10 yards than we needed to be. We were already struggling with with the defence dropping deeper. I think if they'd have gone with a stronger, some, someone stronger in the middle, like Otisewi, so instead of having a number 10, you just had another centre midfielder. You're offering more protection to the back and they can get in and about it. The problem was we've taken off an offensive outlet. So now their players are just straight on to Neves and Matinho, who we know can suffer when players are just constantly on them. And that's what they did. So I felt like Brighton were just straight at our back five throughout the, the whole of the, the second half until they scored. And that goal was just inevitable. Sorry, Luke. Yeah, well, it's going to be Brighton. Confidence. Seeing us change the shape and go more defensive with mm. 30 minutes to go, it's going to give them the world of confidence, and it did, it showed. And as soon as Nuno made that decision to go five at the back, he had to win the game. Because if he would have kept the shape at 4 2 3 1, or like you said, maybe brought on Otisari for Bettina and gone for a 4 3 3 with a, defense, with a midfielder sitting instead of um, offensively, and you draw the game, then you can say, all right, fair enough. But when you go negative, to hold on to the lead and you don't keep it, you, you're making a rod for your own back. Mm. Um, there was another issue, really, for me in the first goal as well. Um, I know we, we discussed it briefly before the, the podcast started. Gully, you had some thoughts on um, Ryan Oatnuri's defensive capabilities when, uh, when Solly March managed to fall over, get back up and still put a cross in. Yeah, I think it was Trossard, actually, I think. But, was um, it Trossard, sorry? Yeah, yeah, it was Trossard. And, yeah, I, I just... We talked about it again, like I said before the podcast. If that's Johnny, uh, as soon as uh, he sees Trossard slip, he's on to him. Even if, even if he ends up possibly giving a free kick or something like that, you see the intent there that he's got to stop the cross and win the ball. With Nuri. He was on the back, he's on his back foot and he just thought, oh, oh, maybe I should, maybe. And the tentativeness just kind mm. of allowed Trossard the opportunity, who kind of 
whether he, he was trying to put it in that area or not, he kind of just tried to put the cross in there. And once he realised he was on the floor, he just thought, oh, well, I just need to get the ball in the box now. And then you fucked. Then as soon as the ball gets into that area, whether it was by design or just by, you know, the way, the way it ended up happening, um, you know, they've got, they've got strikers in the box and they've scored a goal. And mm. more could have been done, I think, on Patricio's uh, decision-making in that area. Um, I think Sace got done by the flight of the ball a little bit as well, maybe. But, you know, it's just a shit way to start a game of football. And you, you can't, I mean, I know it against Man United, excellent defensively. Could not fault him whatsoever. But when he had that slight um, lack of protection inside him in terms of we're now playing with a back four, you could see straight away that he was vulnerable and they got down that flank a little too much for me. He's just been that great with an afro. Park out of my mind. <laughs> uh, George, um, Gully just touched on that the flight of that ball. Could Sace and or Patricio have done more? Yeah, uh, it was a it was a scoreboard goal to concede. And like, <clears throat> let's not beat you around the bush. We've been known again, whether you like it or not, the pragmatism. We keep a, we keep ahead of a lot of clean sheets historically, or we have since we're in the Premier League. It's 10 games in a row now, no clean sheets. Um, and we just looked shaky tonight for me again. I think, like I say, Eitnery's let him get the crossing too easy. Sice isn't, isn't goal side. And then Patricio, um, you've, got to, you've either got to stay on your line and try and make a save, or you come out and you take the fucking lot. And he's just mm. caught in no man's land, for me. Anyway, again, I'm not a goalkeeping expert or whatever, but I'm just saying, like, from, in my opinion, that's what you've got to do. And I, I just think he got it wrong. And um, and again, if a goalkeeper makes a slight mistake, it's it's a goal. But there was three mistakes for me in what ten seconds. Hmm. I'm not I'm not putting any blame on Patricio for that goal. I'm just I think he could have done a lot better with it though. He's an international goalkeeper, over hundred caps, and even he's yeah. looking a little bit shakier for me recently than what he has done. And again, that's probably down to to pressure as well of you know we are a bit more vulnerable now and I just can I just say about Patricio as well you know when the balls get played over the top these days most goalkeepers will be flying off their line he never he is rooted every single time the ball goes beyond our back four and I think that it doesn't help at all you know we had that situation in the second half where Aitnuri was running towards his own goal never a foul by the way and then Trossard went and scored um, you know a goalkeeper coming out, even if it's just to be closer to receive a pass, you know, you have a little bit more, you know, assurance as a defence then. But you just know he's freaking rooted to his, his spot. So mm-hmm. you, you're nervous because you're running towards your own goal and you've got a striker at your back and probably affects your decision-making. There's something wrong with the way he deals with things sometimes. I, just, I don't really understand it. Yeah. I would love to see Joe's um, shots saved percentage. In regards you can to... find, I'm sure you can find it, Luke. Yeah, it'll be out there, I'm sure. Because I'm just I'm sorry, I'm small because Alvin have just conceded a third and it's absolutely comical. <laughs> it, it's 3 0 already, is it? <laughs> yeah. So let's just take a snapshot of the last so those seven games. This is not me trying to throw Patricia under the bus, by the way, because I think he's a fantastic goalkeeper. So today we conceded three goals. To four shot targets. Against Manchester United, we conceded one goal to three shots on target. Tottenham 
conceded one goal to three shots on target. Burnley conceded two goals to four shots on target. Chelsea conceded one goal to three shots on target. Villa conceded one goal to two shots on target. Liverpool conceded four goals to six shots on target. Um, Arsenal conceded two goals, sorry, conceded one goal to two shots on target. And Southampton conceded one goal to two shots on target. That, That's is, it. that is pretty damning, that is, that is actually. Yeah. That is pretty That's damning. It. So what you're saying is, John Ruddy. <laughs> oh no 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 careful what you wish for really careful yeah. what you wish for <laughs> <laughs> well, when you look at that Patricio absolutely fantastic goalkeeper I personally, personally I think his handling is absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. but the one question that I keep throwing out there is it tactics or player I can't work it out from most positions if I'm being honest and looking at those stats for Patricio, it doesn't make for good reading. In fact, it makes us look very, very vulnerable whenever we face a shot on target. Because if you look at the stats the other way, or you can probably take um, the stats in regards to another keeper. Let's take Martinez from Villa, for example. I bet he's not conceding a goal for every two or three shots on target. He's, he's winning them points at the moment. He's keeping mm. them in games and winning them and points. It, it makes a difference. Um, I don't know. I'll pick another keeper in the Prem. Well, I'll, I'll give you one. Darlow, the other day, makes saves. Mm. Alex McCarthy can, makes saves. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, can, you can name but, a few. So, shall we just have a quick look? I mean, I'm not sure people will be interested, but shall we just take Carl Darlow at Newcastle, for example? Yeah, go. So, Liverpool, no goals conceded, four shots on goal. Man City away, two shots conceded, two goals conceded, six shots on goal. Fulham at home, one goal conceded, four shots on target. <laughs> Leads away, five conceded, ten on goal. <laughs> to be fair, this is just absolutely not the right. To be honest, if you if you look at it from a Wolves perspective, I reckon you look at how many shots we're getting on target and how hard we have to work to score a frigging goal. You, I mean, today probably being a slight um, misnomer in that sense because I don't think we 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 pretty much scored from every proper attack we had. Almost, I think it, it was mm. an that, odd one. To, it was an odd one to score three more goals. Than two yeah, it's a, well, it, it was an odd one to score three goals from because I don't think we really created that much. Um, but yeah, it, if, you, if you think about how hard teams have to work to score goals, have, conceding a goal like the first one we did today is a bit of a piss take, really. Hmm. But as you just said, obviously we did score three goals today. It kind of felt like we got away with it a little bit, though, to be honest. I mean, the size header aside, which was a fucking excellent finish, that own goal was comical. And the other one was a penalty. So I know we got three goals, which, great, you've got to score the chances you take. But at the same time, it very much felt like we could easily have gone in at one or at half-time. The only keeper that Sanchez, the only save that Sanchez has made is punched it on to Dan Burns' shin. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. 
Patricia doesn't have to make a save other than Connolly's overhead kick in the first half. That was it. So, three all. Mm. Is it a false result in terms of what the game was worth? I thought it was quite an enjoyable game, probably for the neutral ball. Yeah, yeah. We, um, for me, we were 3 1 at half time, rightly or wrongly. I thought we had a cracking last 25 minutes of the first half. I think we probably deserved to be in front. Being two goals ahead, they're, they're dire. I'm not, having it, I'm not having any excuse that, you know, oh, you know, they're this, they're that. They're shit, proper shit. And we should have carried on and put, you know, we should have, well, we had them by the throat. We should have gone for the kill, score five, score six. But as well, to counteract that, you can't ever, the one thing I'll say for, to back Nuno, you can't, you can't imagine that Jan Martino is going to give away a penalty after 15 seconds. And that's the most experienced man on the pitch. And it was just, it was just so clumsy. Mm. There's no need for that challenge. No need. And then, it, like you say, that goes in. And we've already spoke about it, whether it's confidence, tactics, who knows. But yeah. as, soon as, that, as soon as they score, you just knew we were, we'd be looking to get a point out of the game for me. I was watching it thinking, they're going to score. You just knew it was coming. And mm. yeah, we'll go back around in a circle here as to whether it's players or tactics, whether you're Nuno in, Nuno out. I think... For me, something's got to change. And again, let me just put it out there. I'm not Nuno out or advocating sacking Nuno or anything like that. But I do genuinely believe this carries on till the end of the season. We finish somewhere between 10th to 12th. If Fosen are as ambitious as they said they have been, he will not be here start of next season. Or not, he, he will not be. He cannot be. If Fosen are as strong with the words they're saying, he cannot be here. This time next season, for me. You know where we are in the form table over the last ten games. I imagine somewhere near the bottom. Yeah, five points, yeah, five points from twenty-one relegation form. Yeah. There's only Sheffield United and West Brom with less points than us in the last ten games. And they are they're they but they're not they're not Premier League clubs. In, they're Premier League clubs in all in all but name. They're not they're at, at this yeah. moment in time, are they? They're literally. You almost have to discount them from that that conversation just because they're so bad comparatively. Yeah, and which basically leaves us as the worst team form-wise in the Premier League at, at this moment in time. So, let me ask this question, and I know it's a bit facetious, but is there actually a relegation threat this season? No, 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 not no. I think that Sheffield United and Albion are already down, pretty much. Um, we're not going to... We, I, I, I don't think we're in any danger of going down. What I will say is, though, as of live recording, Arsenal have fallen up against Albion. So, Arsenal, three games ago, were in the mud. Relegation battle. Arteta out. Troops was having a go at that small person in, on Barstool TV that he, he's now partnered up with because he left AFTV. They were down blood. Out. <laughs> Get me fam. Right. They're now above us in the league. They're above us in the league. The worst Arsenal team in 50 seasons. They're but doesn't the league, Jordan? Jordan, doesn't that go to show that overreacting about anything is, is just a bit futile? Though, right? Doesn't what, what? doesn't back my argument with this case. Let me carry on. <laughs> 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 yeah. We need four wins from the next five games. If we don't get four wins from the next five games, season's done. 
No, I feel, I, to be honest, Luke, I think the season's done anyway. I don't think we're going anywhere. But I'm just, I'm just not, there's nothing but mid-table to take from this, and I'm kind of just coming around to the idea of that's okay. You know what? Ultimately, it's not necessarily what we want, and maybe we've just got to kind of take our medicine a little bit this season because we have had nothing but progress for three seasons now up until this point, and you can't really argue with that. We can't. And I'm not doing the whole where have we come from bullshit because that is still bullshit. But if this is a bit of a reset, if we are going to have to go periods of the season with six first-teamers, like probably four, four or five guaranteed starters from your team being missing, then we've just got to bite the bullet a little bit on that. Mm. Now, if we go into January and don't kind of address that situation and come February where still lining up with Fabio Silva as our main striker, then I think we do have reason to be concerned about it. Yeah. Um, we had a question from David Evans of a Daft Question podcast, and he asks, is the fact that the table is so congested still a saving grace at the moment? We're still four, four points off sixth place. Is that I keeping think... things sort of rosy-ish? I think Twitter's turning. If you like, And again, I'm not saying Twitter's the barometer of how you... you like measure fan satisfaction it isn't because it's quite a shit place to be to be honest with you most of the time um however fans not being at the ground not being able to go and talk about it in the pub that's your only barometer of actually how Wolves fans think the season's going and you see it after every game after every game there's more and more people just getting discontent and disheartened by it and you see again like you know Spears tweets, Jude tweets, they've got to be professional or unbiased because of their job. And rightly so, they're just a media outlet and they have to report matter of fact. But you you just go down the, that, the comment timeline. And again, I'm not saying that Twitter's a barometer of what how the season's going by any stretch of the imagination, but it's turning. And I think that, well, if, if we lose to the Albion, whenever that is, I'll, I'll, I might have to just delete the app. Imagine we lose to Palace in the Cup next week, and then the week after that, Albion, Albion take a point off us, never mind beat us. Yeah, it's no, but this is the way it's going. The more they get battered by teams, the more they're going to go into that game thinking it's a must-not-lose, and that is how like, we're going to go into a game and not perform, and they're going to just stink the place out, and we're just going to be sitting there fucked because we haven't got a proper striker to be off any chances and they're going to sit on the edge of their box and they'll you know laugh themselves out of town thinking well we might have been shit but we still took a point off the walls kind of thing and yeah 100% that's how it's going yeah. to be yeah, yeah. Hey, so I, I remember I remember do you remember when um, I think was it Southampton got slapped 9-0 and we played them the, the week after yeah, yeah and it was the worst possible thing that could have happened to us because all they were going to do then was decide okay that's fine. We've had our we've had our bit uphill to swallow. Let's just shut up shop and go and get a result against Wolves. And that's what it's that's what how it looks. It's going to fucking uh, go against against the baggies, honestly. Well, if they line up five four one, I can tell you now, we ain't scoring five past them. And this is after bloody Palace did it the other week. You know, I don't know. I don't know. You get Neto or Traore running at Ivanovic. Yeah, who's going to put it in the back of the net? After Sarri false nine or what? <laughs> you know what I mean? You've, no, you've got to tell... It don't matter. Like, Troy was running, ran Dan Burn into the ground today. But still, we've created three chances, scored three goals, which is quite clinical, really. But 
we're not creating enough chances. If someone just camps in on us, to like a bank of five and a four, we've seen it loads of times. We don't, we don't break these teams down. Brighton did it last season to us at home. When they come the season before, I think they lost about seven in a row when Chris Hewitt come, and that was another nil-nil. Like, it's the same old. I, don't, I just don't think we can break teams down, personally. And I think that's, a, that's another problem. Mm. So the last question I want to ask you from Twitter Corner in this part, Jake Devereaux-Petch, out of 10, how much is Nuno at risk of the sack if this continues for the next four to six games? Ten. Are the cracks starting to show? Ten and uh, I think it's a. I think it's a. If you if if we haven't won another game for the next four to six, you're talking a seven or an eight at least, hundred mm. percent. Just because it can't carry on like that, and we know how football works. Um, I always find it strange that you know you get managers in a position where they're like one game from the sack, just because. Well, you know you've seen what's coming, you know whether whether he wins one game. Or he wins, you know, or, or he draws it or loses it. That's still the same manager playing the same shit football. And we can, mm-hmm. you can win a game of football. We could have won today, and we wouldn't have deserved it, and that would have kept him in a job. Just as an example, that doesn't feel right to me. Just because the three points are on the board, you know, if if things aren't going well, they're not going well, and they're not going well for us at the moment at all. And again, I want to clarify, I'm not Nuno out right now, just because I think. He has, he has credit in the bank. I think he still has the right ideas in terms of his tactics, his setup, his philosophy, and the squad is his. Like nobody's going to come in and walk into this squad and make it instantly better. Um, they'll probably need, like you say, a pre-season to do so. But it's fast becoming a situation where he needs to answer it very, very soon. We've won two of the last ten. That's where the guys perform, and. Where's the next win coming from? We're at that point now where where's the next win coming from? We don't know. And Nuno has put himself in a position where 12, 18 months he could have done whatever he wanted and the fans would have backed him and the fans would have trusted him. But I don't care if people disagree with me. He's lost that now. He has lost that right and that privilege now. I don't trust him. And I'm sure there's many others that down as well. Because he's just not getting. It feels like he's getting nothing right at the moment. Mm. Can't decide between four at the back or five at the back. Changing formations mid game to lose games. Not making the correct changes to try and win a game. Playing with no striker. No. Too much is going wrong. Yeah. Yeah. George, um, I know you've already said you're not Nuno out yet. This whole talk of the transition season, is this enough of an excuse to sort of remain, you know, in Nuno we trust? Well, we're going backwards, aren't we? If this is the transition. The worst thing you could have possibly said or done was we're going into transition. We want to dominate football. We want to have all this possession-based football. We want to attack teams. Worst thing you could ever have done because... No one particularly had much of an issue with the way we were playing before because mm. we come seventh twice, the European, you know, Europa League quarterfinal. Whether I think he's bottled it or not, he don't give a shit who I am or what I think. Like, if you look at it on paper, it's great seasons. And this is when you're talking about that barometer as the Nuno in or whatever. Again, I'm firmly Nuno in. He's still got a lot of credit in the bank, like Goody said. However, some of the people on Twitter need 
need to have the, give the Reds a wobble because all this in Nuno we trust. Oh, look where we've come from. It's it's all shit. You're comparing apples with oranges. Imagine, imagine, imagine Man City fans going, oh, don't matter. We lost to Leon in the quarterfinal of the Champions League because you know, remember when we lost to Charlton on penalties in the in the playoff <laughs> final 25 years ago. It's a loser mentality. I don't like it. Yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You've got to compare. Look, look, okay, if Mick McCarthy's Wolves were, I think we're 12th in the league now, we'd all be fucking, what a job. What a job. No issues. No one would be moaning at all. Mm-hmm. However, the ambitions of Fosum, money being pumped into the club, the promises that we've been led to, you know, or what we've been told, right now it ain't good enough. And if it carries on till the end of the season... His position for me becomes very questionable. And again, I'm not even saying, even for come 12, I'm not saying we should get rid of him because who knows, you know, you see teams chop and change managers trying to find that winning formula. And, you know, sometimes it's better the devil you know. However, I just can't stand all this in Nuno with trust bollocks, all this. I just, I can't buy it for me. Like the bloke, he's been the best manager in our lifetime. No doubt about it. He's also had a hundred times the resources of any manager in our lifetime. Yeah. So really, let's look at it. If you give, you know, if you give me Neves and Jota and Bolly in the championship, I'm probably going to get your ninety points. And I ain't a football coach. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd like to think you know, put them in the pitch and go go and do your stuff. You get up the league a little bit, and that's what I mean. Actually, in hindsight, I think the question is with everything we've had, and I'll flip this to you three. Is Nuno? doing par for the course or is he actually overperforming or underachieving what we what you'd expect with the squad of players and the resources had in the last three years? I think he possibly overachieved in the first season. The second season I think he probably hit target and this season he's underperforming by quite a bit at this moment in time. And he's got a lot of work on his hands to turn it around. Because if this team, if this club, and I ain't trying to say that, you know, we're the biggest club in the world, but we've got a hell of a lot of money behind us now. We've got a hell of a lot of backing. Finishing. Anything. Me personally, I think if, if we finish below 10th, that's a failure. I might give me another benefit of the doubt and say if we finish below 12th. But for me, we shouldn't be having this conversation now. We are we put ourselves on a level with clubs like Leicester, Everton. Never mind Southampton and West Ham are doing better than us. We are bigger than Southampton and West Ham. Fact. We've got more resources than Southampton and West Ham. Fact. I bet our wage goes bigger than certainly Southampton's. Maybe not West Ham because there's a London club out there, and we know how dodgy as fuck their owners are. Um, but we. We shouldn't be having this conversation. Are we in a relegation battle? Are we in a fuck where we was 10 years ago? Are we in a fuck who went to Chorley? We should not be having this conversation. Are we potentially going to get dragged into a relegation battle? Not good enough. I think Luke's right. I think across the season, a season does bear out how good your team is, generally speaking. I mean, you had the odd aberration, a bit like Sheffield United last season. But the fact is that we did finish seventh twice. We are a club who obviously has ambition, has the financial backing and has owners who have been willing to back that up. So I'm I'm loath to say, but I think he probably is underperforming somewhat this season. It's very disappointing to see, knowing the resources we've got. 
that we just not it's just not clicking on the pitch. I I would almost guarantee that pre season Bolson's targets would have been top eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what, yeah. Where are we now? Eleventh. Twelfth, I think. Twelfth. I don't. Yeah, there is a lot of football to be played. Fourth. Oh, sorry, we're 13th. There's a lot of football to be played, yes, and we have just come off the back of a disappointing result. But this isn't major. This has been coming. This has been creeping in for weeks now. Yeah, we'll be, at least three months, let's be honest. To be fair, if uh, we listen to you guys anymore, though, I think uh, we'll be null and voiding soon. We'll be calling, them, calling it out on the <laughs> COVID season, null and void. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, I think we'll leave it there. Um, and then we'll come back after the break and discuss the FA Cup. Hi everyone, Matt from Walls Fancast here. If you're anything like me, time is of the essence these days. How am I meant to take training with my wonder kids on the managerial football simulation game that I'm not allowed to mention for legal reasons if I'm too busy worrying about my online media presence? Well, that's where our friends at PixelYetiMedia.com come in. They're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all of your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So go check them out at PixelYetiMedia.com Media.com. They'll get you set up quicker than a Dharma Traore running at a terrified left back. Speaking of which, who's got my baby oil? Welcome back. Right, so we've got something sort of positive to look forward to now. A cup that I think we all kind of love a little bit. And I know I certainly do. And I remember from a, an early age, I always loved watching Wolves play in the FA Cup. One of my earliest footballing memories was watching us in the quarterfinals when we sadly got knocked out to a Gavin Peacock goal against Chelsea. Um, George, what are your thoughts on the FA Cup? I know it's lost its luster a little bit over the last few years, but... Um, love the FA Cup. think it's a winnable competition. I'm not up for the Cup at the moment. I was up for the Cup last year and definitely up for the Europa League as well. But, um, yeah, it's... It, I think now, with where we are, you know, we, I mean, we've just di- you know, we've just digested all that in the, you know, spoke through that in the first part. FA Cup now is, it's our season, isn't it? Let's be honest. Like, and we've got a tricky-ish tie. I know we beat Palace the last two times we played them, but they're coming into a little bit of form now. Mm. Um, they've always got Wilfred Zaha, and it just depends on what teams we put out and what Palace put out because I don't think either of us are going down um, I don't really think that we can rotate or afford to rotate otherwise you're going to be seeing you know one Lukey Kundal on the team sheet and Taylor Perry and all that so um, I think we're pretty much going to be lined up with what we've got um, which yeah could be you know could be a good thing Um we just need to make sure we don't have any shots on target because old Popper, our man, John Woody ain't going to save him, is he? Oh, fuck, he's going to be in goal, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, going to start. That was his little intro to the squad today. Being oh, okay. so... would you be making any changes, blooding some of the youth? I, I don't know. It's, it, it's, like you say, it's, um, it feels like 
it's something that could give, make this a season to remember if we do decide to have a cup run. And I say decide, it's not, it's not just, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll win this third round tie and this fourth round tie and then all of a sudden win the semi-final. It's not obviously that straightforward, but I don't think we've really got a choice other than to play the players that we have available to us and the senior players that we have available to us. You know, I couldn't have gone and beat Crystal Palace, bottom line. Like, like today, we should have beaten Brighton and Hove Albion based on the fact that the players that we started the game with, you know, being more than good enough. Um, if, if you have Traore playing in the form that he did um, today, especially, I think, um, you know, we're going to cause Crystal Palace plenty of problems. Again, the, the talk of, you know, creating chances and putting away chances will will kind of linger over us. And it, I'm one to wonder whether you kind of you just like let things go a little bit and just go. You know what? Okay, it's a one-off game. Let's just have a go and proper. And I mean, throw the kitchen sink. Minute one to minute ninety. I know Nuno's never going to do that, but in an FA Cup tie, you you almost have a little bit of license to do that because you could sit back for ninety minutes concede a really shitty unlucky goal and you're out anyway so what's the point mm. what's the point in actually you know going through the effort if that's what's going to happen so please Nuno just give us an entertaining 90 minutes to watch if, if nothing else Luke are you looking forward to Friday night under the Molyneux lights I love the cup absolutely love it and to the point you know when I could be watching something neutral like I don't know Everton versus Barnsley in the fourth round. And you know when I say weakened teams? It disgusts me. Mm. The FA Cup is absolutely amazing. And I mean, probably not now more, but that market dreams about winning the FA Cup. But I used to dream about winning the FA Cup when I was a kid, like. Nothing better. There's not many better things in football than a cup run. Mm. Everybody loves a cup run. So, and with the position that we're in now, I think the it's all we've got left to save our season. And let's be honest, he owes us a cup final. <laughs> after, after what happened against Watford, oh, he owes us a cup final. So, I, I can't wait. I love the cup. I really do love the FA Cup. I think it's been watered down um, by the top six disrespecting it, which mm. is now filtered down to the Premier League disrespecting it. Um, absolutely fantastic competition. I'd love to see us go full strength. I'd love to see Paddy's go full strength. Like Gully said, end-to-end, blood, guts, thunder, 90 minutes of good knockout cup football. Mm. Wolves nil, Paddy's nil. I think the only thing that disappoints me is the fact that we've got Crystal Palace. The one thing I love about the, the cup both cups is when you get one team playing a team from a different league. But I've seen I'm going to see Palace twice this season. Fine, yeah. whatever. I want to see us playing fucking but fuck nobody in the middle of you know Nottingham. Like we we ain't played Forest for a while. That'd have been great to have had someone like them, someone we've got a bit of needle with over the years, just to have that little bit of variety. That's my only criticism is that yeah we've got an all Premier League tie. It's not quite as exciting. You know what, as well, the, if we did get a, a lower league team, it might, it might actually put into perspective the level that we're at as a club. And people might actually then realise that, you know what, this is a big tie for them. They'd be up for it. 
we'd go out and hopefully do them one and absolutely slap them about because that's the level of quality we've got within our team. Um, and you might wake up and smell the roses a little bit within, within our fan base just because, you know, we, we, we do need to kind of, you know, stand our ground and, you know, be at our station a little bit. You know, we're, we're a bigger club than we're letting on at the moment with, with the, the kind of opinions of some of our fan base. There's nothing worse than going out in the third round of the cup as well. It's shit. It's, it's, it's so horrible. shit. It's so shit. And there's always a risk of having a soul back in moment, obviously. But, you know, and you talk about um, weakened teams, Luke, and, and that's where, you know, the cup will come to bite you on the arse. If you decide that you want to go half arsed with it, then you, you're leaving yourself open to that uh, a cup set, as, as they say. Um, that's how it should. Yeah, that's how it should. Totally, totally. And like you say, the, some of these teams and players that you come up against, it will be the biggest game for. 10, 15 years, and I don't know, we used to feel like that. I remember my favourite cup tie when I was growing up was um, Newcastle when Georgian Dar scored the winner. Yeah. Um, mm. 3-2. What a frigging night Good that game. was. That was absolutely amazing. Um, I, I vaguely remember going to Ellen Road for the FA Cup quarterfinal we beat them at. Uh, Don Goodman scored yeah. the winner. Mm. Um, you know, just games that you won't ever forget them just because you know, you, there's no playing for a draw here. It's it's win or bust, and you can't. You're never going to get that kind of mentality in a Premier League football match, unfortunately. It's it's always better when you're the underdog as well. Yeah, mm. like Newcastle, like Sheffield Wednesday oh. penalties. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, hey, Luke, we're, we're underdogs against Palace. We're fucking worse in the form table in Premier well, League. I've got to say, so. we're probably six to four with the bookies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, I love. You know what? I love the cup, and I just wish people would start taking it seriously again. Remember back in the day when you were a kid, cup final day, it was on BBC One from like nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. The helicopter would, <laughs> the helicopter would follow the coach and leave in the hotel, and you'd have like interviews with ex-players. Like people <laughs> used to release songs and that. They used to do a cup final song, and all the players would be singing out of tune. Imagine like, like when Watford, when Watford beat us in the semi. Imagine Troy Deeney and RJ Brown some grime track about reaching the <laughs> <Yeah>. FA Cup final. <laughs> well, fucking, I know, I know, on keyboard. I know we can sing our cup final song when we get there. Anyway, we'll go. We'll go and tap up Wendy Smith so she can give us a rendition. Like <laughs> <we can do. laughs> hey. Imagine Patricia dancing in the video. Fucking <laughs> 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 okay, bring back, bring back FA Cup song. Even for the third round, Marie should do one because they've got a big tie out there. Release a cup song. Go on, lad. <laughs> yeah, why not? Fuck it. 79p on um, Apple. To Apple be fair, lower, lower league clubs need the profits now, don't they? So. Have you heard what Marie and doing? Selling the virtual tickets. Yeah. Oh, are they? Yeah, fantastic. And they've got, like, they've got prizes. Um, I think you can, you can manage them in a friendly. I think that's the top prize. You can manage <laughs> oh, them right. in a friendly. And um, they've sold 2,450 tickets, that's I've heard. So it's going to be their biggest games ever or something that's like that. Oh, nice, excellent. I'm, I'm pleased for them, man. That's really yeah, good. Quality. Quality. Fair play. Fucking great. Because like, the FA Cup final always used to be my birthday weekend. So it would just be a weekend of celebration, getting hammered, watching the match, then going out and getting hammered again. Like I, I properly miss it. It just hasn't been the same. And I think 
when they moved cup final to during the season, hated that. So when we yeah, had to, to be the last game, to, yeah, yeah has to be it the has to be game. the weekend after the, yeah. the whole thing's finished. Yeah, definitely. Just not the same. Another thing that pissed me off, I remember when Man United were in that shitty World Club Cup Championship. Yeah. Yeah. And they let them skip the third round. I'm like, well, if you're skipping the third round, you shouldn't be allowed in, you fuckers. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's absolutely. Yeah. And to be Do fair, it. that was probably when the FA Cup really started to get diluted with people. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, 100%. But, and also, Wembley semi-finals. That, that, that yeah, was oh me, my so, God. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, a, that's an unpopular opinion. Hey, look, I was there, I was there, crying into my... Sh- I think I've seen that elsewhere, mate, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like even as soon as it sounds like the beauty of when we played Arsenal in the semi-final at Villa Park, you got mm. half the ground deep. When Arsenal played Chesterfield United at Old Trafford, I remember that one. Who um, did Chesterfield play at Old Trafford? Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough yeah. at Old Trafford. To me, like right, yes, Wembley is the home of football. I get that. But an FA Cup semi-final at a neutral venue, somewhere random as well, like. I don't know, say Newcastle got Villa in the semis and they played at Ellen Road. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, I just think it's a bit more magical than both yeah, like, playing at Wembley and going back the couple of weeks after. Yeah. But the FA am fucking cunt. <laughs> they, have, they, have ruined it. They, yeah. they haven't helped themselves, have they? Let's be honest. They moan about the FA Cup not meaning what it used to mean. But the reason it doesn't is because you've let it get to that fucking state. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So predictions, Jordan. What what would you reckon? Friday night, eighth of January versus Crystal Palace. What is the final score? One nil Palace. <laughs> Eighty ninth minute deflection. I don't think there's replays, is there? I think it's just straight depends on it because of COVID. Good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Good. Um, in all seriousness, it depends on how we approach the game, doesn't it? In terms of mm. the eleven, like. At the moment, if Nuno plays the reserves, we'll be seeing Chem Campbell like that Villa. That's another thing I wouldn't forgive him for. Actually, I was in, the, I went to that game, yeah, playing sixteen-year-olds, and it was horrible. Like we sh- we should have eaten them though as well. And then, and then they played Liverpool played... fourteens. Yeah. yeah, if yeah. we if we played two extra probably senior players, we'd have beaten them that night. Yeah, right? They yeah. were awful that night as well, and we. Would just Patrick just, Patrick Catrone plus the kids. Me, me and my mate <laughs> Coldfield before the game to go drinking because he goes, Oh, yeah, it'll be good. We'll go and have a drink there, it'll be easy. So we got there, but he, I didn't think about it, and I don't know if he thought about it. He goes, Yeah, we'll just get the train into Aston then. Obviously, it's just prime villa. So we run the train to Sun Coldfield, and like the only wall trans on it. I was like, Here we go. I just knew it was a bad night from then. So I enjoyed all that, and then Nuno plays Chem fucking Campbell, pissed off. So he owes me this. He owes me a performance. <laughs> Gully, what do you reckon the score is going to be? I th- oh, God. I, I, I couldn't tell you, Andy, to be honest. I, I just, my hope is now that, well, at least Adama Traore played well tonight and he kind of carries that form forward. He, he, he looked confident again. Uh, maybe it was mm-hmm. the hairdo, but... Um, I've missed that I hairdo. Think- yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is good. It is a good look on him, and I think as mm. he's bursting past defenders, there's something, you know, almost artistic about it. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going for. I'm oh, shit. Am I? I'm going for a one 0 win. I'm <laughs> going for it. I'm going for it. And Triore is going to score. 
it's terrible that we've got to the point now with Wolves where we don't even feel confident backing them. Yeah. Like 12 months ago, I would have backed us against absolutely anybody. But the way we're feeling now, I'm always a bit tentative. Like, are we? What turns are you going to go with? It's going to be this, that. We just don't know what the fuck's going to happen because it almost feels like they don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, but remember when the batters owned us, Andy? <laughs> That's it. We were shit 40 <laughs> years ago, weren't we? So, yeah. Stadium was condemned. We were in the FA Cup third round. It could have been worse. We could have had to qualify. I remember when we didn't exist, Andy. <laughs> I think oh, 76, 86, yeah. <laughs> remember, when, remember when Bully and Much were kicking a ball on the car park? Should, should be grateful for being born, lads. <laughs> uh, Luke, what's the final score? Uh, 1 1. John Ruddy to save the winning penalty. Okay, I'm going to go with 2 0 Wolves. Um, I don't know why, I just, just think we'll win 2 0. So, yeah, fuck it, why not? Um, so, Twitter corner. I had a few questions. Um, Aaron Burnside, I want more Otisewi. Am I crazy? He brings something different and the side should use a little different right now. Jordan, is he crazy for wanting more double O in his life? No, because he can actually get around the pitch, which is, again, I think, which, which is what we need if you're playing four at the back to offer that extra protection which we've sort of spoke about when we said about bringing him on maybe instead of Kilman and just getting up you know getting around the pitch you know he's very mobile and um, I think he could offer a lot of the minute basically doing the Dendonka role effectively it covered, it covered a lot of blades mm. of grass I don't think it's crazy to want more but I think that really how how it's going at the minute I think everyone's pretty much droppable or, you know, you, there's no reason why you wouldn't want to see more of other people. Like, doesn't seem to work at the minute. So, yeah, like, for me, I don't I don't think you're crazy. With the snippets we've seen, other than when he played as a false nine, which is not his fault, like, he's looked good. So, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't want to see more of him. No, I think just, you just want to see him in, his, in the 45 minutes we had of him against Spurs in his best position was really promising. So, It'd be nice to just get 90 minutes of him in his best position and not have to judge him like based on what Nuno's trying to you know shoehorn him into some kind of weird place. Like just let him go and play because he does look a really good player, I think. Yeah. Andy Smith asked in a similar vein, should Figo Corbino be getting more minutes? Obviously, we're sort of just heavily reliant on Silver at the minute. Should we be looking at maybe getting Theo a little bit more involved and giving him some experience? Luke, what do you think? Well, he's been performing for the under 23s, hasn't he? Um, it's a difficult one because I thought Taylor played well today. Was Man United away the right game to bring him on? I don't know. It's, it's a difficult one. Do we really want to be overly, not reliant on you, but I'd much rather see more seasoned pros playing than these youngsters mm. when we're in this position. But then again, when is the best time to play the kids? Trent. I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I'm he, he looks good. I don't know if you've watched any of the under-23 games, but he's got, he's got a bit of the netto about him in the sense that he'll slow someone down and then he'll, he's gone and he can kind of go both ways. I think he, 
he looks a bit selfish. Um, there's certain times where he just seems to just kind of go on his own and then get shots off and whatever. But it might just be the case that the, the players around him aren't that good either. So, but mm. no, I think he looks promising definitely, and um, he'll probably get Wolves minutes at some point in his career. Whether he stays with us for long term, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. Um, Dean Marsden wants to know: Is Nuno burning Neto out? He looked fucked all second half. He did really. Um, he didn't have a massive impact on, on the game in the second half. I don't know if that's because the ball never really left their half for most of it. But after a blistering, blistering first half from Neto, I think he waned massively in the second. He wasn't that good today. Did he get too many games? Or... He's... He brought him up against Man United, didn't he? Yeah. Hmm. But he, I mean... He's he's the one man that he seems to just not be able to do without. I think at the moment, and well, like you say, it seemed to to catch up with him a little bit today. He, did, he seemed pretty off it, regardless. I mean, he still done something quite decisive in the sense that he had the shot that led to the own goal. But you know, there's the the one where he's running behind and he had a really poor touch um, in the second half, and just he just looked quite angry with himself today. I think I don't think he he, he did it felt like he did himself justice, but again. We don't have a squad that allows us to really rotate it either. So you know, unless Daniel Pedence comes back uh, for next week and starts, then he's going to have to play. Yeah, uh, we've had a question from King Wolf. I'm going to slightly change it because I fear I know the answer. Right, noting Ruddy's coaching from the sidelines, is he a future manager for Wolves? I'm going to twist that slightly. Of the players who were in the club at the moment, is there anyone there that you can see who could become a, a good manager for Wolves okay. or, or away from it? Cody will be a manager. Yeah, I'd agree with Cody. I think he, that's a good shape. Depends if, if Sky Sports get him first. Yeah, true. They love him. They absolutely love him. And I think they enjoy having him on, on to be fair. But I think maybe, maybe it's because of his age and he kind of feels closest to it. But Matinho will probably be a coach at some point. Um, and Neves just gives you that kind of air of yeah. he looks like he's obsessed with football, like mm. he just looks like a bit of a bookworm in that sense, and that he he'll, he'll try, have some kind of system and way of playing already in his head. That he'll be probably be try, trying to tell Nuno, but Nuno won't be having it. Yeah, I think so. Jordan, anyone you got in mind for a future manager? I don't know. There's no one that sort of other than what's been mentioned that screams out to you. But what I will say with management and coaching, it's it's two different things. And mm-hmm. um, you get some... Look, Nuno, Nuno was second-choice goalkeeper for Porto for most of his career, and he's done all right for himself. And, you know, someone like... It, it sounds balmy, but someone like John Rudy could end up being a good manager. Like, you never know. Like, you know, it, you've got to want to do it. And it's more so the people that are intelligent enough to want to always take stuff on. So it wouldn't surprise me if anyone these days turn around and end up being a good manager, no matter what sort of level. I mean, would could John Ruddy go and do the reverse and go and win Porto like a, a Super League or whatever it's called, the Super Bock League and get him into the Europa League quarterfinals? I'm not saying he can't. I don't know. You know, it's uh, I think he'd... I think- I think that's why um, Nuno had two co- two keepers on the bench today because one of them was actually just part of the coaching staff. Yeah. John Woody had the Bluetooth on like uh, Sammy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, uh, the final question going back to Dean Marsden. 
Mopaid, Bissouma or Dunk, you can sign one of them. Who are you taking? For me, I would probably go with Dunk. I think we could probably do with someone a little bit sturdier at the back. That's just me, though. Gully, which one of those three are you taking? I've I've already made my point about Bissouma. I think he's excellent. Um, I mean, we did a job on him today in the sense that I think we, we got Troyora around him and got him on a yellow card pretty early on. Um, mm. And it, there was a reason... And to be fair, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, we're 3-1 up at half-time. They've probably taken off their best player. We've got Dan Byrne on toast every, you know, every time we run at him. Why haven't we still won that fucking game? But going back to the point, yes, Basuma all day long. Mm. Jordan, who are you taking? Um, depending on formation, I think if we're playing a back four, I'm taking Dunk because I think we're shaky as fuck at the back. Um, in a, if you're playing a back five, I, I think Basuma last season at Molyneux, it was best probably the best, best saw, performance think, from, yeah. an, from an opposition mm. player. Every inch of, gla- of glass, grass. It was superb. And um, it, yeah, ba- based on format, it would depend for me. Um, so yeah, it's one of them too. I ain't taking more pain a month of Sundays though. I, I like the fact that more pay is a bastard. But yeah, I think. We've got better in our club already, so I don't see the point in getting more pay. Uh, Luke, what about yourself? It's a for me. I think he's superb and he's got a, a high level than Brighton. And I think it'll be one of those where sort of he'll make the move and it'll just propel him to another level, similar to like Mane when he left Southampton and went to Liverpool. Not saying he's going to be like one of the best in the world, but obviously there will be an increase in his stock. Mm. Apparently, yeah. Liverpool have got him on their list um, as well. Uh, Makes sense. Mm. Makes sense. Quality player. Yeah. Interesting to see what happens, uh, obviously, in the coming month. I, I doubt that they'll be losing anybody, but they've got a couple of decent players there at Brighton, to be honest. And they play some attractive-ish stuff. It's just that, obviously, doesn't click. And they don't score many until Wolves come to the Amex. So that's us done for this week. We'll be back after Crystal Palace. Um, if you need a fancast fix, please check out our website. There's a load of stuff on there from Filmcast to Stories from the Pack. Obviously, we're also on YouTube. Make sure you check out Gully's Tactical Analysis. I nearly forgot the name of it there. So yeah, check out the GTA and you've got Luke on the FIFA Great. Jordan, you need to pull your finger out and do some YouTube stuff, mate. Yeah, face for radio. Is what we're told. <laughs> so for this week, it's uh, goodbye from Jordan. Goodbye, everyone. From Luke. Nah. From Gully. As Robbie would say, sign some players. <laughs> and uh, see you all later. And fingers crossed for a win next week. <laughs> <laughs>